Love him. Music is the language of the soul. Rhythm is love. And that is what my show is about. As much as I love the music, I love the musicians more. My show is about expressing individual taste. It's not about uniformity. We have enough going on, enough of that going on in our society, and it's hurting us. Noel Cole, welcome to the Jake Feinberg Show. Hello. Good, good day, sir. How's it going? And it's good to connect with you, brother. Yeah, it is. I, uh, it is as well. I, I, I just wanted to harken back and and ask you, what was the most inspiring sort of uh, professional? thing you you picked up on from circles around the sun and specifically adam mcdougall oh my god <laughs> oh man because those guys are like trying to this is the farm system you know it's like all yeah. coming up all right so you just take yeah. you just go where your mind takes you bro well okay so i met mcdougall because he was recording uh with my friend gary and his band dark tea which i've been affiliated with since new york Mm. um and you know the first time i ever saw him was i think he was playing in grateful shred and i was like you know who is this sonic wizard (laughs) like i had no i had no idea who this guy was oh man dude the 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 golden locks and he's everywhere yeah he you know and he on that tour i got to know him a little bit um, and, you know, I feel like, I guess, I guess the, um, his dedication to his work is really inspiring and give how an, much. Can you give virtual- an example, give an example on the bandstand of that. I, that's very interesting because yeah. discipline, disciplines, it, it's, you know, you got to show up for the gig, but give me an example of that discipline that was inspiring to you. Well, he's just always behind a keyboard, you know, like I, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. you know, yeah, it's, I dig, he, I dig, he does, I dig. he's kind of like Jerry in, in an essence where he's never, you know, we would show up to uh sound check and even at, when they were done sound checking, he would still be like playing keyboards. Like he's just so dedicated to his craft. And I find that so inspiring you know, cause I'm, I'm like that to a certain point, but like, I, I kind of have ADD and I don't know if it's just cause he smokes <laughs> like 10 joints in a day and can just really like zone in on, right. he's, you know, he's, he's getting high by, he's getting high by 10 AM, you know, he's, he's probably stoned right now. So right. Well, no, no doubt about it, but I mean, no, no, but you, yeah. you, you, you take necessary breaks from the apparatus. You're not just like, you know, it's yeah, funny. I operate, I operate very differently than, uh, like, I'm, I'm more uh, in tune with the divine creative spirit that Absolutely. comes through Absolutely. me, and it, but it comes in, it comes in in like bursts. So like, I'll be just like going about my day, and then I'll have to stop in my tracks to like hum a melody or like you know write lyrics or you know have a guitar part but that's last like you know 10 minutes <laughs> you know and then i have to i have to kind of i can't force things but that's but and that's so the divine my, that's the my divine, pro- yeah. go ahead yeah my process my process is slow but you know that's the really great thing about having a band because i can i i really champion the uh community creative effort i think that is where it's at you know i think that playing with people that you jive with and working stuff out and hearing their own sonic interpretations of things that you've like kind of conjured um is is you know the bread and butter to to making something that is powerful and moving and and deep and symphonic and minimal or whatever it is, you know, like it, it, um, yeah. Um, you know what I mean? No, I, well, what, what, <laughs> what I was going to say is, uh, is that the, the, the true authentic divine experience happens in, a, in milliseconds, like 10 minutes or a minute. And, yeah. and that's it. And then there's all this information download and then that's inspiring. And then you go back to being, trying to raise the vibration, even though the vibration at this point in time in civilization is incredibly low. So it's very heavy. 
and it's a very heavy yeah. lift, you know, and, but, but those cathartic, how early in your life were you having those kind of, uh, um, moment with God kind of situations? Well, I think it's always been a constant thing. Um, I definitely had to go through a lot of adolescent, uh, amb- ambiguity and my, uh, spiritual connection to the earth. As we all do. Um, yep. Yeah, I think obviously like psychedelics have played a helpful role in that. Um, but also, you know, beyond that, I think that hardship and trauma, even though it's something that we all experience through like therapeutic endeavors, you can really find these like centers of the cyclone to exist in. Um I I don't really have like a specific time I feel like but like I just feel like as I get older and as I grow as you know a musician is I feel more connected every day but some days I don't like you know it just depends on where I'm at emotionally well I mean to me like you know everyone has their own interpretation or experience of the divine or connection to, you know, the higher power. And I just, I wonder if, you know, I was raised somewhat agnostic and um, my parents were very suspicious of dogma, but in reality, they're actually very spiritual people. And then I received the Tao and that fundamentally altered my existence for a variety of reasons. It's an Eastern way of life. It's not a religion. Uh-huh. But I mean, when you talk yeah. about, when you talk about, can you talk about a psychedelic experience where you, you know, sometimes you trip out and then you eat another hit in the morning and it's just like a blissful, <laughs> it's like a very blissful yeah. thing, just like laughing, but, th- but those are, and then, then that's wiped away. But then there's other that, you know, that are seared into your DNA. And, and I wonder if there yeah. was a, 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 like a connection to source. I guess that- there's a, f- I guess there's a few, um, just, just tagging along to like how, you know, I was raised a Jew, mm-hmm. but pretty, um, reformed. Um, and my mom is a hippie. And my dad's pretty uh, high and tight, clean cut, but uh, he's a square you know, cat. Square I feel cat. The, basically, yeah. Basically, what <laughs> happened is that I was raised a Jew, and then I told, I made a deal with my parents that I was like, after my bar mitzvah, I I don't want to go to synagogue anymore. And then I had like you know, thirteen, fourteen. You start reading fucking Albert Camus and Kafka, and you get really. Uh, nihilistic and <laughs> if you actually and, you know I, had you, to have, I mean that's not a, you obviously don't have that much add if you read that shit yeah it's true yeah. It, it comes in waves um, no i mean yeah but, go ahead yeah. you know you know i think i think that uh yeah i just think it takes time to really understand your spiritual path and i do appreciate the uh uh I, I'm kind of on this thing where I, I like reading all this stuff and I'll read like Thomas Merton and Robert Anton Wilson. I'll like read all the guys and girls and kind of, I like forming my own. Absolutely essential. My spirituality. Do it, baby. Do it. You know? Yeah. But anyway, with the psychedelic thing. So my sister is, um, my sister is a um, healer. She just opened up a clinic in Cancun that uh, administers ibogaine um, to. Um, what is that? It's it's a, a plant. It's a it's synthesized from a plant from West Africa called, called the iboga. It's kind of like ayahuasca, but without the uh, cultural connotations to it. But anyway, you know, through my sister's journey, she started doing ayahuasca, and then she told me that I needed to do it (laughs) and then (laughs) you know I'm 20 at this time in my life and you know that was the real first time you know I've had my bad trips and stuff but that was my real first time where I was really thrown into a world that I didn't really comprehend and you know talking about trips that like have like you know uh pierced through your dna is uh that that's one that really shaped kind of uh 
my curiosity of the unknown because I was put into this world with all these different sort of entities and extraterrestrials that you know were harming and helping me I guess right and um you know and I and I feel like that period was kind of like my first divine intervention (laughs) that I've had you know and I've still you know I still think about that that experience that I have often um more recently though I had a I did it I took some acid up in uh upstate and what's the town where Timothy Leary lived Millbrook Uh, Millbrook yeah absolutely Millbrook yeah so I have a friend that lives up there who's an equestrian so we were staying on our horse farm that looked like it was straight out of a Tchaikovsky movie (laughs) Um, and (laughs) it was beautiful you know but um it was cool because this kind of ties back to music, but I was, uh, you know, I think I might've been peeking and I stepped away from the group and I went into my friend's living room and I put on, uh, that Pembroke Pines 77 show where they do work cat into terrapin, into half of terrapin into morning dew. Are you that familiar was a, with if that? I remember, if I remember correctly, that was a, a dick's picks maybe. Yeah. It's a dick's yeah. picks. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, put, yeah. I, I put on the, I put on the Matrix recording of that tricks, and I just sat tricks. and listened to wow. it. And, and, you know, music can connect you to, to now, to now, you know, even stuff that's been recorded fucking million, the, uh, millions of minutes ago. <laughs> and uh, um, <laughs> in the, re- in the now, now, be here what, now, man, I did. Yeah, I know. And so, uh, you know, in the, it was the sun was setting and the golden light of the sun was going through the trees to the oh, windows. And I just started bawling out of just stillness and happiness. And it felt, I felt dead and alive all at the same time. And, you know, I f- really feel like, you know, it was like kind of like the Alan Watts, like perfect, like this is it moment that I had. And it was really beautiful. And I tried to, I try to keep that, memory and feeling with me and I always am like you know I say to myself I need to have a trip every year or something like that as a part of my like spiritual growth and processing of bullshit that happens in the daily life and you know to to deconnect from the stream of bullshit that we're always surrounded with and you know try just want I just want to say I just want to say gratitude is the attitude so you know, be grateful that you even had that experience because that is proof right there. And, you know, then it's, it's, it's about just staying strong and knowing that that is the truth, but yet the vibration is so low that it's almost suffocating, but you have to hang on to that feeling. I just want to ask you something. Yeah. (laughs) I just want, I want you to go back to this. Your, your sister, you said something to the effect. It's like ayahuasca, this Ibogu plant, but without the Iboga, cultural, yeah. without the cultural yeah. uh, ambivalence or connotation, what do you mean by that? Like, like, uh, well, from my understanding, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is eating ayahuasca, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ayahuasca is a plant, obviously a plant from South America and has had a, you know, eons of, of use in an indigenous way. Um, and there's been multiple religions built around that plant um and you know i i believe in the passing of like genetics like epigenetics Mm -hmm. like through through cultures and religions and people and plants and everything um so you know there's there's this there are these things that people i feel like westerners experience on ayahuasca and if they're not trained or trained in the level of intellectualism and and understanding of this these cultures and religions that they're gonna they get exposed to things that they can't quite comprehend and then that makes the uh integration process a lot of really difficult and that's just from my own personal experience because you know i was so young when i did it and you know i didn't really think about that stuff until afterwards um this is fantastic because i want to tell you something like 
because what you're describing, the experience you had is, I mean, I've interviewed so many healers aside from musicians and every one of them had that yin and yang of that ayahuasca trip. I mean, there is, and you did it at a very young age, but don't be mistaken. Yeah. Everybody has this. I mean that, you know, you feel like you're, again, I was coming from somebody who hasn't done it, but like you did it so young. Uh, that is, that is fascinating. I mean, was there a shaman involved? Yeah. Yeah. There was a shaman involved, but you know, like, I, can I'm going to tell you just the one big thing that mm. happened during that trip that really kind of made me think about it in this way is there was a moment where I was taken to the jungle, you know, shot off from the astral plane to wherever I was at to the jungle and I was in the jungle Ugh. and the spirit of the plant, I was like facing it and whatever it was, it was like a multi-dimensional anamorphous blob and it didn't have a mouth, but it was talking to me. And uh, <laughs> it was like the burning thing. So um, but, yeah, um, but uh, she, she, whatever, it was like, you know, hey, like you came here to you know one of my one of my intentions was i wanted to discover a root of a root of one of my anxieties that i have just just mm -hmm. to be like what is this like constant daily pressure i'm feeling from the unknown anyway um and it was like hey like you know i got ripped away from my home and traveled a thousand miles to come do this work with you and I don't really like that. I don't like being ripped away from my home. Um, and it was basically like, you know, if you really want to do the work and, and you know, gain more insight on this stuff that I'm showing you, you need to meet me down in the jungle. <laughs> and uh, that was and a then, message. And, so that was a message you got when you were still landlocked. Then you went, then you went to the jungle. No, no, I was like psychedelically in the jungle. Oh, 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 so then, wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and this was like during my trip that was in upstate New York in like a house. So um, this, this wasn't ayahuasca, this was just acid. No, this was ayahuasca. This is, these are two different stories. This is when I was like 20. Oh, this um, is, wow, this is crazy. Th wow, go ahead. Yeah, and so, um, and then it was kind of like, and now I'm going to show you a bunch of shit you don't really understand. And then I just got like, <laughs> like thrown into this like wormhole of like craziness that I like kind of feel like maybe suppressed from my mind a little bit because it's kind of hazy. But, you know, um, ever That's since just, then, that, I thought, that was just stuff that you were supposed to like see and never and it was deleted immediately from the party. Yeah. The, the worst part about that trip is I was kind of having a bad time and one of the helpers came over and started singing to me Imagine by John Lennon and I had to tell her to stop. Absolutely. <laughs> was like, That's absolutely horrendous. I know. I was like, dude, don't. I just like grabbed her stop and I was like, can you just be quiet? I don't need to hear that. Throw I'd rather listen to yeah. Bitches Brew. <laughs> yeah, throw on throw on like a Mississippi Moon from '82, you know, like yeah, Kreutzmann yeah. and, and Garcia any day of the week. Don't just be yeah. singing. Imagine what the fuck. Yeah, um, it, it was. It definitely hurt. Um, but you know. Um, so let me I ask you. Let, let me. The jungle. Yeah. I, yeah, I haven't gone to the jungle. I haven't gone back. I've been. Uh, I've been really into psychotherapy. I, I have a really great therapist in Toronto. His name is Simeon. He's a saxophone player hyper intelligent guy but i've been working with him for about four years and honestly i'm finding that that kind of work is maybe a little bit for me at least a little bit more substantial in terms of uh helping me understand myself and my roots of anxiety and locking trauma and letting myself regress back to the child so the child can grow <laughs> you know what i mean hey man Mad props to you, man. I It's funny because I, I was in psychotherapy when I was like seven or eight years old and up through my marriage. And uh, and yeah. then all of a sudden um, I stopped going. Um, and uh, and the only thing that comes close to being psychic psychotherapy for dis-ease is rhythm, primarily from cats like Dan Horn, and John Lee Shannon, Mark Levy, 
guys in Grateful Shred. Um, you know, I live in Tucson, but those cats, the rhythm that they put out to a non-musician journalist is the only, and I, because I've, I've been marinating in psychotherapy for years. And, mm -hmm. uh, and this, I just, I kind of want you to talk about um, taking the fact that your, that your brain was blown open at such an early age. You were obviously a curious cat, you put a lot of pressure on yourself, a lot of anticipatory anxiety. I ask Absolutely. you, how, how did that sort of psychedelicized brain, how has it really, how do you take that approach to songwriting? Well, it's a good question. Or um, even, or just jam, or jamming on a theme, you know, like not giving a shit, yeah. but just like going off. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Well, you know, you know, I, I let's tie back to McDougal real quick. Mm -hmm. I remember this, we played this show in Richmond um, um, when we were on tour with them. And I was, <laughs> well, you know, McDougal was like watching us and his eyes were closed and he was like really listening to us. Oh, I love and this. Oh, he, this is great. And, and you know, I, I, I loved it. I was like, this is awesome <laughs> that he's like really, you know, listening he's to the band. It, yeah. And mm -hmm. yeah, he was digging it. And uh, he told me that he was like, man, like you guys, what did he say? He was like, you guys are like the Rolling Stones. Like it's perfectly, it's not, it's like perfectly sloppy, but in like the good way. And like, it's loose and like, you know, it's very free and all that stuff. And I, I really appreciated, you know, Rolling Stones are like one of my favorite bands. <laughs> so like, I was just like, I was like, this is great. This is like, kind of like, I, what, where, what I feel like Color Green is trying to do is to, to uh, continue the art of rock and roll and pushing it to a modern era without it being like, you know contrived or like a throwback thing or derivative or anything like that but like you know wearing your influences on your sleeves but also standing at the same pedestal as them you know what i mean i want you to get no so how have you what give me an example of bringing it into the modern era um i think i think that i think that that is something that kind of ties to how we record like how we were we just made a new record and it's not out yet but but how we record is and like what things we put in there and you know I, I I always strive to not be like a throwback band and I think that I'm doing it successfully where it has these like elements in the lyrics and this the guitar playing and like you know like pulling from bands that are existing now and like in the early 2000s like you know just taking all your influences and, sure. and and just kind of throwing it into the pot i don't really know how to quite explain like what is it that no but i think modern, this is really important I, this is very important because mcdougall said you guys cooked with enough grease not enough, not too much grease mm -hmm. where it was a little mm -hmm. bit sloppy but you know basically i'm trying to get get at the idea of like the rolling stones i mean charlie watts was such a great drummer that they could like you know, they still go around the edges oh, without dude. And our, our, yeah. our drummer is like, like, I feel like, so we have. Hey, why don't you talk about the, the, the Rose. Yeah, she's, she's just unreal, man. She's, oh, she, so with her and then Kyla and I see, I literally see like Kyla is like Bill Wyman. Like she is consistent, like holds it down it's a stone cold like you know stoic face on stage you know and then rose has this like <laughs> rose has this charlie watts pocket and wow. it provides for me and Corey to have a lot of freedom in how we are communicating with our guitar playing and with the band and um and like you know meeting Corey, like when i met there's two Corys in the band is i'm gonna call uh the drummer rose and Corey, the other guitar player in band, Corey. Got but, it. Um, when I met Corey, you know, and we first started doing the idea of this band together, it was like, you know, it was it, it everything clicked in the way we play guitar together, how we write together. Like, it, it was like one of those things where it's like this person is going to be like a partner for life kind of thing. Sure. Um, so I, I, you know, it's, and then finding, you know, we finally have like a solid band now because it started off as a duo 
that it's 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 been it's been crazy just like working together you know we wrote and recorded an album in two months which is insane <laughs> like they got everything done like that's it's pretty wild i want to ask you, you know I mean? about i want to ask you about um because the first thing you said when i when we talked about bringing it into the modern era was in the, in the studio uh but i i actually i'm curious like have you what is your feeling about do you have enough are you able to road dog enough where you could potentially take new material and road test it for a year and then go in the studio to me like well that you know that is kind of like yeah. that's kind of like what so like we just signed to a booking agent and stuff like that and that's mm -hmm. kind of like what my next plan is you know if you really think about like nobody knows who i am so i'm just gonna be like this band has only been around so like well, whatever dude you just go straight ahead you just go straight yeah, right like ahead, it's man. been around like we've only been touring for a year as this band like mm -hmm. we've all have put in the work i'm a full-time touring musician and session musician and stuff like that sure. but like um um the band the the band color green in the next few years is going to be a monster of on the road and writing and doing all that stuff I like i'm already it. writing for the third record and i have ideas of what i want it to be like and sound like um but you know this is we're about to go on a tour at the end of july i haven't announced it yet because i'm finalizing some details but you know the road is really where the band thrives and the band thrives live and the songs thrive live and the songs become more and more dynamic and complex through working and being on the road you know well that was my question was because guys guys i mean guys like pat Matheny, when he was with um danny gottlieb mark egan they were out again it's a very different time and very stifling for live spiritual music on the bandstand consistently so i want to factor that in but those guys went out and and toured material took on a life of its own and then recorded it how do you feel about the idea yeah. of you know what i'm saying like like you've made i mean a lot of people a lot of cats in today's world they make album after album they go tour the songs and they just play them the same way they are off the album except if they actually went out grateful dead didn't go in the studio for seven years you know and then i mean the point yeah. is that you know like i wonder about your philosophy not that you whether you like it or but what is your philosophy as it relates to letting the songs take on a life of their own before you go in the studio I, you know, I actually haven't, you know, we haven't really done that yet. So I'm, <laughs> no, I'm sorry, dude. I, well, I mean, to yeah. me, like, that's like the baddest cats are the ones that do that. I know, yeah. I know. Yeah. And that's yeah. like what I'm planning on doing for this next cycle of songs that we have. Um, but ultimately, also, like, with the Color Green songs, they are so up to our own interpretation. Yeah, there's some things that stay consistent, but... I think every one of our shows is different and things develop more and more. And that's why I'm excited to be on the road more and more because those, I wrote, we wrote these songs for them to be able to grow, you know, that they're not like, I just see recordings as these time pieces of what was, mm. and I'm always interested in keep, well, you know, I'm a musician, so I have to keep myself interested as well. Um, but you know, um, uh, you have to get yourself off if you're going to get the, the cats off, you know? yeah exactly you know i mean that's a very fine would you say <clears throat> can you talk about your concept of i mean a lot of people um like in the language of your band if you wanted to um you know what kind of vocabulary is there in terms of um going into uh jazz uh, is there the opportunity for extension of vocabulary or do you feel like that would potentially, you know, McDougal's closing his eyes and he's listening to it and he's thinking about, you know, the opportunity to play more in front of larger crowds, bigger crowds, you know, how much, how, how free does it get in a color green set? Cause I, the stuff that I was seeing had like, there was, it was a lot of grease, man. It was a lot of meters and <laughs> funk and like, it was cool <laughs> shit, man, you know, like, yeah, you yeah. Know, but like, 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 yeah. like, uh, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. And that's fine. I just, to me, it's like, I always want to see cats and I'm going to push them out of their comfort zone so that they're going over the edge. Do you guys feel like you get over the edge? 
there's times I, I, I think that, um, I think that since the band is so new that we're still figuring out how to communicate with each other. Um, and, but I do like, you know, like we're all, everybody in the band's heads and we're listening to so much stuff in the van. Like we were covering Steve Hillage for a little bit. Like we're, <laughs> we're kind of like on that tip, like of that kind of freedom. Like, like, this is like, unreal, dude. You like, guys are out, uh, man. Out. Yeah, we, you know, we oh, listen to like Gong in the car and stuff like yeah. that. Like, no, but it's, I also want to be clear, but, it's it's communal. Do you guys make a point to say we have to do communal listening? Like, you guys get off on that? Yeah, like we, we, we you know, we, we're like it's a, a lost art, man. It's a very and, lost art, you know? It's a, a lot yeah, of people don't do that anymore. It's cool. Yeah. But, you know, pushing the boundaries of sonic, sonic nature for the band is something I'm always interested in. And every good, time good. we play, I record the set and I make everyone listen to the set in the car. And then we talk about things that we can do differently. And I'm always, you know, you should see me in the studio because I'm like, what if we try this? What if we do this? Like I'm, all, I'm pretty like manic in there, like trying to figure out every possibility. But um, I don't know. I'm also somebody that is a sucker for pop songs. And I love like a really well-written song. Absolutely. And, I, my whole idea is with Color Green is to write these pop songs, but then have these like sections in them where like maybe on a recording, it's like very straight to the point, but live, like we stretch it out for another like 10 to 20 minutes, you know? I just wonder about your concept. Um, I kind of already know the answer, but um, the idea that um, that any note can be the one you know, the downbeat. Yeah. What, and it, yeah. specifically a lot of cats are like, where's Absolutely. the one? Where's the one? And it's like James Jamerson used to be like, any note can be the one. But you, I mean, how yeah. does, how, I mean, when you, with the band, like, is that something you want to get to and do, because it's still too early to, I mean, the dead are the obvious example of like, you know, they got better and better at being able to, you know, lose it and then come back in together. And when they hit it, it was orgasmic. And I just wonder, like, if that's... yeah, you know, you know what I, you know what I, I always talk about that. You know what I call that? Huh. I call it the the spot. The, you know, it's kind of like nitrous too, but um, yeah, no, um, it's spot, it's the G the spot, spot. Yeah, it's the spot in between the breaths. So like, there's the large inhale, whoa, and then whoa. there's that spot, and then the no, a cold, dude. And that I is see, some of the dude, you better patent that shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no but i see it i see it as like you know when you're when you're making music like how far can you get with that inhale and then where's the point where you're in that spot that in-between spot and then that exhale back into like wherever like the slingshot um but you know it, it and that's like my philosophy and like that's where i'm at and obviously i'm working with three other people in there so you know sometimes i have to push you know, I'm probably the, the um, I'm the one that's likes the jam bands the most in the band for sure. <laughs> you know, absolutely. Uh, so the other, so, uh, well, I want you to keep well, ride, Corey, ride Corey, I want you to keep Corey, riding them really hard in that direction. All right? Yeah. Corey's like, he's like, you know, I'm grateful that he loves the Allman brothers. Like, well, that's but like I, I mean, thing. the Allmans, I mean, like it was okay. It wasn't the same kind of thing, but I'm sorry, but they, they had double drums right around the yeah. same time the dead yeah did. i mean yeah like but like I, I he's mean, he he's like he's the real grief he's greasy he's the greasiest player he's a I greasy know. cat you yeah, know all yeah. i'm saying is like like i i i don't i i i wonder uh, in terms of the studio shark of you that you that you in order to sing for yourself or do you are you bothered by the lack of uh human uh intimacy in the studio i mean i remember don randy the great keyboardist he was like you know, before it was like, you know, he, him and Hal Blaine were cooking the groove and, you know, making mm -hmm. all these records, Leon Russell, whatever. And then all of a sudden he's like, now he comes in, he plugs in, he plays his solo and he's done. And yeah, like, I don't I, really operate like that. I, okay. So I knew. So the only gigs, the <laughs> yeah. only studio, studio gigs are with human pulse. I want pulse, man. Yeah. I like, and that's what I tend to strive for in recordings. I'm really excited for the second. I don't know when it's going to come out and like mm -hmm. what it, what the deal is, but I really think this newest record we made is 
you know you know what i mean like take the grateful dead first record they don't sound like the dead yet they're still trying to figure out like what their band is right you know what i mean and right. that's that's something that i feel like we're getting there with this second album I, I everything that i wanted to do on the first album i didn't know how to do but i did it on the second one and it's it's i you know i i think about i was listening to a lot of beach boys and like symphonic music and i really wanted to make this like kind of like i love like one of my favorite modern bands right now is spiritualized like the intent do you ever listen to that band uh, yeah i'm not hit to them but i got i'll check it's, them out it's incredible but yeah. it's you know like these beautiful what do you what do you what do you get off about what, what do you get off about them they're like these he, he's this guy named jason spaceman he was in this band spaceman three and then he went off into his own thing but um he's this british guy he's he's in, he's a genius um but he writes these beautiful beautiful pop songs that are so simple and they echo like phil specter and mm. brian wilson and all that stuff and he will have the simplest melody interwinding with another really beautiful simple melody and then it's like this like all his songs are these like beautiful orchestral pieces with these like peaks and valleys and everything and like i saw him live i went to the fonda theater with Corey, and we ate mushrooms and it really like like <laughs> really like so like it did some that's like that's i have goosebumps talking about it but like that show like is after that show is when me and Corey started writing for the second record Wow. And like it, it was really influential. He would do these things with these songs where it would just blow up in these like beautiful fireworks of cacophony, and they would get so lost in it, and then they would just shoot right back into like just gorgeous, gorgeous pieces of music. And he was playing with a rock band, like it was like three guitars, bass, drums, and then three backup singers and a keyboardist. Like it was just like it was just so special. But you know, and I, I really everything feels so complicated these days and i don't think music should be that complicated right now well, i mean like, you want to it's easy to make it complicated because there's just yeah. so much technology out there to mm -hmm. flutter it up i think i mean what I we did to, for this new what yeah. we did for this newest record and i keep on talking about the new record like people didn't know what it sounds like but they don't but what but we did with this has, newest record it hasn't, it hasn't come out yet right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. um what we did with this newest record is that we we put everything on it like we had you know multiple multiple tracks of stuff and then during mixing we started shaving things away and like figuring out what fits and where it is and flying in stuff for like a song like a verse of a song and then taking it out and like you know creating this like kind of like sonic world that is the band and it was you know i I like I like being in the studio because I'm working with people and I'm working with my close friends and it feels very fulfilling. But I also like playing live because I get to connect with people that I don't play with. It's like an audience, you know. We need you guys down in uh, Arizona. I'm in Tucson. Uh, we'd love to get. Yeah, you guys. we played. We played one one nine one tool. Like, wait, two, what? Two, yeah, this was in like. Oh, March of last year. Okay, let's not the slow down. March of 2022. Yeah. Oh wait, wait, wait. No, March of 2022. Yeah, yeah. We're in 2023, right? <laughs> yes. Yo, dude. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So it's 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 feasible. It's feasible. You guys can be getting back. All I'm saying is that yeah. you, you know I I I feel like well we're playing we're playing Flagstaff in the end of september and i think we'll probably come to tucson get your get down here guys no i was gonna say yeah um i one of the biggest issues i'm having and i even have it at circle shows um is i believe that music is made for dancing and burning and you know like i just wonder about like how you've as as an artist and also just a purveyor of the arts if you recognized how conformity is even leaking into essentially music that's dance music i mean little feet i i went to see them at the rialto theater it was a sit-down show mm -hmm. now part of it's because yeah. they made the call to put seats up front to get more dough okay i what am i gonna do yeah, yeah. whatever you got to make your money <laughs> but the point is the cats are like that's not even little feet either 
<laughs> I don't even know. They, they don't, like, you know, but it's like it's like who like it's just it's Demiola's coming. I'm gonna fucking throw him off the stage. Yeah. But oh, you know, he's like, playing. He's playing in Tucson, dude. He's coming, dude. I'm gonna really? be hanging. Oh, I'm gonna be hanging with that, Al, dude. That yeah. That 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 uh Friday night in San Francisco record. Uh, oh my Michael god, Carson, dude, dude, mine, mine it turned it, shit. it turned he turned that on to me at ten. So I've been ahead with that since I was a bit wow, you know, like my ten years old, dude. Paco yeah. in your ears, man. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, Paco, like, John McLaughlin, and Daniola is so good. I mean, are you guys are you aware that it's we're becoming less, we're becoming more and more. Um, I don't know what the right word is, but I just know that as somebody who has out-of-body experiences and cathartic experiences at spiritual musical concerts, I'm being stifled because they want you to sit. And I don't, I wanted yeah. you to talk, I wanted you to talk about that, if you're aware of that and what you feel about that. I don't know. I, I see people dance all the time. So good, good. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I, I play in this other band that is more like for kids and it's really cool seeing all these kids come out and just wild out, you know, it's so, I think you play like rappy tunes. What are you doing? No, it's like mm. an indie rock band um, called surf curse, but mm. um, you know, uh, that's like my like day job um, basically. Um, but uh, yeah. So, you know, I don't, I think honestly, man, like I'm around, I I've been exposed to Gen Z stuff a lot. And sure. I honestly think that they're going to save our asses. They are so intelligent and bright. And I really think that we have, that's like the generation that's really going to fix things. Wait, wait, what what are the, faith. what are the years on Gen Z? Uh, on Gen Z? I don't know. They're like, how old? let's see here. Gen Z. They're like, we're born from, 2000 to 2010 yeah that's my older daughter yeah she's an absolute yeah. stone genius and on top of that yeah and a, and a humble amazing leader so basically i, I they're our only hope you know so like you're like you're going you're going to see little feet and there's a bunch of you know old folks it's just wanking it man they're like yo you can <laughs> dance in the aisles like yo i'm dude i'm fucking getting off man <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking, you know, it's just like, I mean, it, I, I realize people are dancing at your shows, but I'm talking like circles, man, in this little cozy theater. I mean, it was almost like a fucking studio jam, but it was live. And this cat comes up to me. He's like, hey, man, my boys are sitting. They can't see. Can you move? I'm like, dude, are they, can they not walk? Tell them to get out of their fucking yeah. chair. It's fucking about yeah. dancing, man. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, just, I get it. You know, it's the conformity shit. That's what I'm feeling, man. That's the tension I'm feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of um, desensitization going on. Um, and I feel like part of, part of the desensitization act is people don't know how to act around other people, especially mm -hmm. when they're seeing some live music. Wow. You know what I mean? Wow. But I don't, I think, I think some, some are more prone to it than others. In general, do you feel like um, that your music is um, like becoming a little bit more conscious of, I mean, just going back to when we had a record, uh, record-based music industry. I mean, so many of those cats, the section, you know, Lee Sklar, Danny Korchmar, all those cats, they were going home, and throwing on, they wanted to hear what cats were talking about, uh, whether it was Crosby mm -hmm. or Neil Young. I just wonder, like, if there's a, a some kind of issue that really is poignant for you that you try to express either, you know, sort of, you know, in a very sort of uh, poetic way or just outright way, what would that be in terms of like social justice or anything like that? I think that I tried to communicate uh, the experience of what what we all experience of what is just being human and trying to understand my humanity and thus one I'm writing it's like bringing this like togetherness and the fact that we are all have these we all have these experiences of trauma and mental illness or whatever happiness but just communicating that it's it's this equal thing 
is like my goal you know I have obviously have my own political views and stuff like that but I don't feel like as as a uh white man <laughs> that I need to be pushing my I dig I dig my but you're Jewish man you're Jewish people. man yeah Jewish. no come yeah. on man I mean we're they're, and they're, like obviously yeah. <laughs> obviously there's things that kind of seep through through it and frustrations yeah. and and uh you know the the social commentary i feel like is there's this one the one song we have uh ill-fitting suit mm. is kind of a social commentary on like the rocker scene in the west coast cowboy scene and it's also like i was listening to a lot of like donald fagan and like trying to like find a way to like poke fun at myself but also like kind of poking fun at people that well like well you're talking about like that, night nightfly and shit night igy that kind yeah, of stuff. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah I love um, it. but like you the know poking, spandex jackets, poking fun at myself yeah. yeah i know yeah it's, <laughs> exactly like that 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 exact song exactly too, you know? like, it's spandex it, jackets it's, one for everyone baby yeah but like you know like it's just like i i was trying to communicate this mm -hmm. thing where it's like you you don't have to like you don't you don't need to play dress up to express yourself but even sometimes i have to do that <laughs> i just you know what you it know is what like I mean? even if you're going to dress up don't take yourself so seriously like you are merely yeah. a vessel i that was the that was the thing yeah. i wanted to ask you about is that in your musical especially not, you know not in a square or formula trip setting but you know part of it's really about being i don't want humble might be the wrong word it's just it's literally like having fun like i don't care if you dress up but like it's a matter of being yeah. like, like like do you feel i didn't mean like i didn't mean like stage dress up or anything like that but more of like this like cosplay thing absolutely you know what i mean like yeah, yeah for sure dude i love dr john dr john was the fucking king of costumes on stage <laughs> you know what i mean like like but you're, totally you're, here it is that. here's the thing is that that and again we're talking about uh, you know, there's just, I've done like eight interviews with Jim Keltner. I, he's a dear friend. And like, you know, cats will be like talking about like, Hey, you know, as you get older, the phone stops ringing as much. And these cats become resentful because they felt they were fully responsible for what was coming out of their apparatus or their voice or whatever. When in mm -hmm. fact they were only partially responsible for it, that the really, the really, the musicians that are in touch with the divine are a vessel or a conduit for information coming through them from the heavens. And I wanted to know mm. when you got that memo, you know, when you kind of were like, you know, it was a Socratic thing of, I know that I know nothing and it's okay because when people come off the stage and say, how did you do that? You say, I have no idea. Yeah. I definitely really black out when I'm up there. <laughs> <laughs> I have like so much anticipatory, anticipatory anxiety until I'm like on stage with a guitar in my hand right. and I'm like, fine. Wow. Um, wow. But, you know, I think, I think, like I said at the beginning, I think it's just experience and, and doing it over and over again to enter that headspace of nothingness. And, you know, I think, I just think with anything in regards to being a plumber or being a neuroscientist or a musician, you just kind of have to do it over and over again. And then you kind of, something clicks eventually. I don't, I don't, I can't really timestamp it for myself because I still feel like I'm growing. The yeah. reality is though, that you'll probably be dealing with this kind of um, uh, anticipatory anxiety and then getting on stage every time and being in the, getting, trying to, and being basically being totally comfortable and in the flow. Oh, it happens and, every day. And, and you basically just have to <laughs> own that. And then like, cause that's what, ha that any, any artist is uh that's being honest and trying to tell a story about their life i mean ultimately you have to have a story to tell and so yeah. anyone that's doing that uh is probably going through the same thing and they can never get to a point what's that willie nelson line <laughs> if you can't if you you can't write a song if you got nothing to say oh i mean you know, all i'm saying is that like <laughs> i i just feel like so many of these people that we immortalize are tie themselves in pretzels and once they get on stage, but they can never ever get to a point where there's relaxation before because otherwise you wouldn't get that the the certain performance. So I just feel like Yeah, it's, it's like it, an energetic it, buildup or something like something, that. Something yeah. I, I feel that all the time. And I also just yeah. feel like, you know, man, like I, 
I don't know. I grew up in a family uh, that, you know, we always talked. We, we would fight, but we'd always make up and always tell each other we love each other. And I always try to pass that out to my kids. And I just say to myself, you know, for someone like yourself, just drop all the fucking self-critical shit. Like, it's really about self-love. It's uncondition, you know, and, and ultimately you got to love yourself. You're going to bring that out to the world. So, you know, as Herbie Hancock said, hang up your hang us, baby, you know, whatever's left, you know, but mm-hmm. you, you know, you're on your path and, you know, you got momentum. And I just feel like, you know, you also have to look at it in the lo- for the long haul. Like, uh, you know, this is, uh, I know, you know, it's not overnight, but also it's like, we're talking years, you know, oh, years, yeah. you know, and like, I, I, I think. I'm- yeah, I'm in it until I yeah. fucking die. Right. You know, you know what? Whenever that and is. That's all I'm saying is like, I, you know, I, it's taken me, I'm on the air 12 years now doing my show in different forms, but only after 10 years did I start making many money. And it's not yeah. even that much money. So I'm saying like, you know, you're, it's your purpose in life. You found your purpose, but you have to um, enjoy all the flubs, all the clams, all the disasters. I love the flubs. Clubs, man. I live. I, yeah, I live. Clam time, dude. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, Cole, man. I gotta hop out of here, but dude, it was such a ball, and I really, I can't wait to hang with you, cats, when you come to Zone. Yeah, yeah. I love Tucson. I mean, it's love fucking Tucson. hot as shit right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it there, though. I love it there. I have it's just, I mean, it's, I like, yeah. You know that bar, the St. Charles Tavern. St. Charles Tavern. Yeah. You sure about that? I don't, I've never heard. Of yeah, that it's shit. it's it's a good spot. Dude, who are you, man? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know I'm, I'm a long I'm a Long Island cat, you know. But I found oh, my cool. boy. Yeah, Kyla, my... Kyla, our bassist Kyla is from Long Island. I'm gonna interview. By the way, the female rhythm section very hip. By the way, yeah, they're amazing. Oh my god, I I dig it, they're man. Good. I mean, I dig. I the dig the jam band. Dude, jam band fans can't believe that there's girls playing music when they see us live. <laughs> it's well it blows their mind i mean john you know uh john lee shannon hit me to you guys and that dude is an angel i fucking uh, love john he's he's great he's he's one of actually i sold him a guitar recently which guitar i sold him i sold him a guild sg 100 from 1971 oh my god this is fantastic this you know all i'm saying is you stay on the righteous path you know, and you too, my friend. Yeah, man, I had a fucking ball, man. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be, in, I will be in touch. To I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll get to everybody in the group, you know. But we're gonna be yeah. rocking Flagstaff September. Get down to Tucson, all right? Yeah, we'll get over there. Call the green, baby. All right, peace all right. out, much, man. Much love, man. Much love. Bye. Peace.